from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. On this, it's already Friday edition of the Bill King Show. Coach Pete Cordelli this hour, hour two, the angelic tones of Ole Miss Evie. They got more transfers. Yeah, they just took a couple of offensive linemen from UW, which was the Joe Moore winner a year ago. That is the award to the best offensive line. Hour two, Kevin Hagan. We'll talk Alabama with him. Tape that on Thursdays. We do not try and trick you about that. We tape it Thursdays. That's scheduling-wise how we have to do it. And hour three, all the gambling, all of that will be right there waiting on you with Brad Powers gambling all your items in hour three. 615 Eight four four fifty six hundred. That's right. Six one five eight four four five six zero zero. On Twitter at Bill is King, and you can email the show Bill is King seven at gmail dot com. Hang tight. There's a little little replay there. Reverb behind me. Yeah, I just got a note. Have you got Coach Pete on yet? Oh, okay, okay. There you go. So, yeah, I just got a note from Coach Pete. He'll be with us here momentarily. There is a bunch to get to this morning on the radio show. Already Friday, too. Wow. Already here. It goes very fast every morning zooming through this radio show. I do want to probably start with Coach Pete regarding Michigan. And all that's transpired the last couple of days, Harbaugh gone. Not new news. Nothing new about that, but want to get his thoughts on it. Sharon Moore 
taking over is the overwhelming situation. And he's got a pretty big roster overhaul situation to deal with. But I do think he is probably equipped to do the job. Coach Pete Cordelli is with us on Fridays. Coach Pete, good morning to you. Always good to have you here. Anything about the Harbaugh news leaving for L.A. surprise you? Uh, no, other than um, one hour, I was told one hour before he signed his contract, he called back to Ward Manual to make sure that they had put in place the, uh, <laughs> I, I guess it's boilerplate, language uh in the contract that if he did come back to michigan hey, hey pete you're very muffled you're you're i can hear you but you're very muffled there. Uh, how about that i think that's better yeah i think that's better what? all right sorry about that um i was told that one hour before he signed this contract with the chargers he called back to ward manual to make sure that the language in the contract to protect him from the NCAA, similar to what Bill Self has, uh, was still in place. And there was some thought that maybe he was going to change his mind and go back to Michigan. But um, with, within the hour after that, he ended up signing with the Chargers. And um, I just think he didn't want to fight all the negative stuff that's getting ready to come out with him returning back to Michigan if he would have returned back to Michigan. Do you think they were sincere at the last minute putting that language in the contract, or you think they knew he was gone? They were sincere because one of the lawyers who, to me, is the most powerful guy in college athletics right now, Thomas Mars, had the language in there. Thomas Mars also put it in there for Bill Self. It, it, Bill, to me, if the NCAA wants to get things done right, they need to hire Thomas Mars as their chief executive officer, president. He knows the NCAA better than they know it themselves. And uh, they were sincere about that. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Sharon Moore taking over. I assume that Jesse um, Mentor is, is leaving to go with Jim. What do you think about Sharon Moore? There's a, a, a law in Michigan that when a job like that opens, you have to wait seven days. Right. Well, this has given Michigan a chance to vet some other candidates to see their interest. But I think Moore is an excellent coach. Here's what I perceive to be the issue. He's only been in charge of one side of the ball. You're at Michigan, the defending national champions. He's never built a staff, and like you said, Minner's going. There's going to be some other guys. He's going to have to rebuild the staff. He's now also going to have to be in charge of the total program. Offense, defense, special teams, recruiting, transfer portal, uh, you name it. He has not done that. Inexperience of a first-time head coach is something that if you don't get it right, can set the program back years. I got to believe that. And I know everybody's fired up about him, and he did an excellent job as the offensive coordinator. And he gave that emotional speech after the Penn State game. 
I can't believe, and I still think they're going to get hit with some penalties, but the precedent's been set, Bill, on this kind of NCAA investigation, and it was set by Tennessee. When Tennessee said, number one, if you put a bowl ban on us, the the state attorney general got involved and said, we'll sue you because you are hindering the opportunity for the players to make money off their NIL. So the NCAA backed off that one, but Tennessee had to pay an $8 million fine. Michigan's going to have to pay some kind of fine. They're still going to have a cloud, but in the roster with McCarthy, Corum, a bunch of players leaving, I don't know if a guy that hasn't been a head coach before is ready for this. If they do go with more, I would hope Ward Manuel would bring Lloyd Carr back as the special assistant to the head coach and guide him through the first two years of his tenure as the head coach at Michigan so that he can avoid some of the pitfalls. But if he goes in there without someone to help, this could set the Michigan program back. That's my only concern about hiring a first-time head coach who's never had to deal with all of these things on top of being the defending national champions. And a brand that... Sorry, I'm sorry for the long-winded answer. (laughs) Bill, no no worries, Coach. I was just saying that's a huge brand, man. You can't get it wrong. Exactly. That's why I think this this next tire is so critical because <laughs> look what just happened to that school down south. They have absolutely been scorched earth in the transfer portal. And what I find interesting, I remember Ryan Day coming to Nashville, the Lipscomb Academy, talking to Trent Dilfer and telling Trent Dilfer, you have the ideal job. You coach guys, you mold players. You don't have to worry about guys coming in and, uh, you know, I, I don't know about this. And I, and where I have more of a, you know, you have to keep guys in the right frame of mind and this and that. He said, and then in recruiting, we're out there fighting the fight. But as soon as one school shows up, we back off because we can't match their offer, and that's Texas A&M. Well, who did Ohio State just hire as their AD? The Texas A&M AD. And nobody does it better than Texas A&M. Nick Saban went on a rant about it. Known in the coaching world. So now you've got the Texas A&M AD coming in. Who knows exactly how they've done it in College Station. He's bringing it to Columbus. And they're on fire with getting players, man. Look at how many guys they've got. And you're sitting there at Michigan, and I know they have their circles of champion club and all that, but that's <laughs> that's a tall task, man. I, I just There are so many things to navigate right now. I don't know how you don't at least interview one or two sitting head coaches before you hire more. Pete, the school where you were the color analyst on the football games, Ole Miss, has now taken in three 
offensive lineman from the transfer portal, Diego Pounds, who was a left tackle for North Carolina. Now, that happened a couple of weeks ago. Yesterday, they get Julius Ballou and Nate Kalepo from the Joe Moore award-winning Washington offensive line. That's three. And that was considered maybe, of all the strengths they've got returning, the offensive line was considered maybe the questionable area. Three dudes coming in now. Yeah, let me tell you, Lane, I've said this before. Lane's on a mission. Uh, it's all in now for Lane in 2024. I mean, with Jackson Dart coming back and with with Pete Golding back on defense, here's the one thing that didn't come with those Washington guys, okay, Bill? You ready? Yes. The offensive line coach from Washington. The guy who coached those guys, who's pretty darn good, and he's in Tuscaloosa. So I know they got good players. It's a matter of being coached up right. But I think what Lane is doing right now is sending a clear message. Nick is gone. Watch out, boys. Here come the Rebels. Coming right back. Coach Pete with us on Fridays right here in this hour slot. Any questions, just post them right there on Twitter. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. Already slow in traffic trying to get through the Portland area out there in that northern section of Robertson County, both north and southbound right now. They've been up there all week doing some road work. Again, it's already really slowing down that traffic for folks coming in from Kentucky into Tennessee on 65 southbound. Again, they're in that uh, Portland area near in Robertson County. Traffic's picking up even more now by the airport over here through Hermitage Donaldson on I-40 coming in from Wilson County. Princess Hot Chicken has you covered during the playoff season with catering. You can order online at Princess Hot chicken.com i'm commander chuck with your on-time traffic when was the last time you did something fun with family friends co-workers and clients what if i told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages that's what you'll find at strike and spare family fun centers in donaldson hermitage tusculum hendersonville and murfreesboro with bowling games food drink and entertainment for all ages enjoy an enhanced experience in hendersonville or murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars laser tag roller skating and more all locations are open seven days a week including holidays visit online at strikeandspare.com strike and spare where fun is bowling Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. 
To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. And now, Keep It Clean Tree Service is reminding Americans to show support to the brave men and women who serve in our U.S. military. Please visit USO.org and locate Military Care Package to see how you could make a difference today. This message is brought to you by Keep It Clean Tree Service. For tree trimming, tree removal, stump removal, grinding, and site management, beautify your property with Keep It Clean Tree Service. Give the pros a call today at 615-480-0029, 615-480-0029, or visit KeepItCleanSolutions.com. That's Keep It Clean Tree Service, proudly saluting our troops and veterans. They're professionals who care. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Let me get your initial reaction. Mike Vrabel is fired as the coach of the Titans. Initial reaction is taking it back, uh, a little shock. What in the world was going on in that building that led to this decision? Amy Adams is absolutely fearless as an executive. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Sports. Bill King knows a few things. Coach B. Cordelli on Fridays. Mike the Mad Dog in Newton, Georgia, says, Pete, how hard is it to establish a culture when you become the coach of a new football team? It's extremely hard, even though he's, even though you've been there as an assistant coach. Right. Uh, every year, and now with the transfer portal uh, being a bigger part of it, it's extremely hard to establish the culture because even though you're getting new players in, you don't know if they're going to buy in to what your philosophy and culture is going to be. And that's where a lot of times, and Bill, you've seen it over the years, you've heard about it over the years, and now with NIL, these guys getting their money up front, you don't know what kind of guy you're getting in the locker room and off the field. And that's where you build teams. Um, I, I think a long time ago the NCAA did a great disservice to college athletics when they did away with athletic dorms because even though those guys, you know, you may have had an 11 o'clock curfew, but that didn't mean they were going to bed at 11 o'clock. But they sat and talked to one another. They learned about each other. Somebody may have had a a mom, a grandma who got sick, a girlfriend who broke up with and guys were there to support guys now with online classes not many guys are on campus (laughs) and number two as soon as meetings are over guys are gone everywhere there's not much camaraderie and that and that's the number one thing that you're building with with your culture is that everyone buys in you don't have to like everybody but you have to be focused on what the main goal is that's why Nick was so big on process. 
And it's it's harder today than it's ever been before because of all, all of the outside influences. And um, it's a tough thing to establish. But the cornerstone for it is your off-season program. When guys get off the road after this February signing date, you know, your strength coach has already been working with the guys back on campus, but those 5.30, 5 o'clock workouts in the mornings, getting everybody there, getting them on, you know, on the same page. Your football team is built in the offseason between the weight room, the, pro, the offseason programs, and your competition going into the spring. Shannon in South Bend, ask Coach Pete, which team benefits the most from Coach Saban retiring, either an SEC team or the NCAA as a whole? Well, no, it's an SEC team because, you know, that's the league that they're in. Um, And if there's one team that benefits, which I think is surpassed Alabama to Georgia, Kirby, you know, eight years as an assistant for Nick, uh, he surpassed the Alabama program in recruiting. Obviously, you know, lose, what, one game in three years? Uh, Right now, they're the the benchmark. uh, They're the team everybody's shooting for right out of the gate. And um, I think Georgia benefits from it until Kalen DeBoer gets established. Um, and that'll come, uh, the boy, look for what DeVore's done between Indiana, Fresno state, Washington, and he's not going to back down in recruiting and at Alabama, uh, that cupboard wasn't left bare. So what the product he puts on the field is going to be a big part of it. Um, but I, I gotta believe that the one team that benefits the most is Georgia, (laughs) Because now, who in the SEC is going to challenge Georgia in recruiting? Ole Miss and Texas A&M? Okay. Until they win, Georgia still has the upper hand. But, you know, Bill, this is (laughs) – this may be a little bit of a a stretch, but the way Ohio State and Ole Miss has gone about this transfer portal deal, I'd make Ohio State the number one preseason team in the country. You really want to get Georgia firing on all cylinders next year? <laughs> put somebody put somebody ahead of them in the preseason rankings. And I'd put it right on Ryan Day's shoulders. And and Lane Kiffin. Here, boys. <laughs> it's yours. Take it. Craig in North Augusta, South Carolina wants to know. Pete, should Michigan interview Lance Leopold? Yes, without question. Lance was a GA for Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin. Um, got into coaching, Got excuse me, then left to be a GA, became a full-time assistant. Then he got the Wisconsin Whitewater job, did a tremendous job. Uh, I believe he had two national championships there. Uh, went to Buffalo built that program, went to Kansas, built that program up. Similar path to Kalen DeBoer, only not at some bigger schools like DeBoer's been at. But Lance Leipold knows how to build a program. He has ties to the Big Ten, and uh, he's an experienced head coach. I, I think I think that would be a great guy to interview. Now, 
will he get the job? I don't know. But I, I would he would certainly be on the short list to hire. Yes. Josh up in Pickerington, Ohio, and we have this game that we play occasionally where we'll just pick two teams from history and say today Council Bluffs, Iowa, our adopted neutral field, and they have to go play at 2 o'clock. Here we have it, and this is at their strength, Coach. Not old men like they would be now, but at their strength. One of these teams Pete was part of, so I do not know if he can be objective here. He wants to know, Pete. Council Bluffs today, 2 o'clock, 88 Notre Dame versus 76 Johnny Majors, Tony Dorsett at the time, Pitt. Oh, yeah, we would beat them. Yeah, yeah, Notre Dame would win that game. Our defense was was outstanding. I mean, with Zorich and, and, and Pritchard and Stonebreaker and Todd Light and the guys that we had on defense, um, yeah, we would. That would be a good game. That's a good matchup. But I got to believe that knowing our personnel in '88, and then on offense, uh, there's no doubt with Tony Rice, the quarterback, and Rocket and Ricky Waters, Tony Brooks, those guys, and then in, in the offensive line, Andy Heck was at left tackle, was a first round pick of the Seahawks, who's now the offensive line coach and has been. For the last eight years with Andy Reid at the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I, I, Derek Brown was our tight end out of Titusville, Florida. Wow. Um, yeah, we would we would win that game. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> hey, let's let's play though, man. That would be a great matchup. Johnny Majors last year at Pitt, as we know historically, before he went back to Rocky Top, and uh, that would yeah, then be- we. We beat Tennessee in Knoxville in 90. I remember. Yeah, 34-21-29, excuse me. Yeah, what a game. Yeah, it was that was a heck of a game. Tennessee had the ball trying to come back and threw a pick, and the game ended. Yeah, I, I believe it was that. Rod Smith picked the ball off in the end zone, but Tennessee made a heck of a second-half comeback in that game. Yeah, that, that would be, that'd be something else. To, to see a game like that. That ha- about once a show, sometimes a couple times, particularly during the non-playing portion, those type yeah. matchups come up. How would the LSU team of 19 with just phenomenal, you know, epic generational offensive firepower go against a team like Georgia? Let's say the 21 Georgia team, which we think is probably the best defense since the 92 Alabama team. Well, what would have to give in a game like that? Where it's, uh, where it's strength tur- on strength. Turnovers, uh, missed tackles. You know, the, base, the basic things that stand out, because you've got playmakers on both sides, you know, on right. both teams. Right. And it would be if somebody misses a tackle in the open field, um, uh, uh, <laughs> If a quarterback throws a pick at the inopportune time, and I and I don't mean just throwing it to a defensive guy, I'm talking about a tip ball, you know, that's through contact and somebody. It would be turnovers and missed tackles, and then the other thing is special teams. How many t- how many games have we seen here uh, in the NFL the other day? What the Texans returned punt for a touchdown? That was the only touchdown they had against Baltimore. 
uh, special teams always plays a big part in two evenly matched teams. And then it would be turnovers and missed tackles. You always worry, especially, especially with how good guys on the perimeter are in space. If you can't break down and make tackle in the open, make a tackle in the open field, that's a that's a big play potential touchdown getting ready to happen. That's what I believe those big games come down to. We were talking yesterday, Coach Pete, and we played an audio clip from Jesse Menner, and I don't know when this clip was recorded, but it's not time sensitive. And he said. One of the differences that he witnessed between the NFL and the college game is in the college game with the tempo, you may get 80, 90-plus plays. In the NFL, it's 50 to 60. And in the NFL, every play call, offensive play call, is designed precisely and matters. And with all the plays you get in a college game, he says, I'm not saying that an individual play call doesn't matter, but... With the tempo, he says, you can be completely right as the defensive coordinator in your assessment of the play that's about to happen, have it lined up, but because of tempo, not defended as well. It's pretty interesting. Well, he's, you know, he's exactly right, and here's why. Uh, um, <laughs> when you go tempo in college, in co- how many – College coaches, have you heard over the years, Bill, say, if we would have got lined up right, we would have had a better chance to win the game. Right. And that's what tempo disrupts, is the ability to line up right. Like, an example, ball's in the middle of the field. Let's say you run run a play to the offense's left, defense's right. Obviously, the ball carrier gets tackled outside the hashes. Let's say about the numbers on the left side. Well, the ball's going to be spotted now on the the hash, okay? Most defenses want to play a field defense, which means they're going to put their three technique, the guy over the guard, to the outside shoulder of the guard, to the field. Well, if you go tempo and that guy can't get lined up and he lines up on the inside shoulder of the guard, well, the next guy you got is on the outside shoulder of the tight end. You're leaving a gap uncovered. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you got the guy lined up in the A gap between the center and the guard, but there's nobody in the B gap between the guard and the tackle and the C gap between the tackle tight end. Now the only thing you got is a, is a guy head up on the tight end or outside shoulder, but you got one linebacker for two gaps. And now you come back and you gash him. So, but in the NFL, and here's the other thing. <laughs> I say this all the time. We don't train quarterbacks the way we need to coming out of college for the NFL because the hash marks are different. The hash marks in the National Football League, both of them are 23 yards from each sideline. The hash marks are one yard each. So that's 24 on the left, 24 on the right. Well, the field's only 53 yards wide. So the middle of the field in the National Football League is five yards wide. In college, it's 11 and 11, 12, 24. You know, you, you've got a, a bigger uh, 20, 22, 44. The middle of the field in, the, in, the, in college football is 11 yards wide, almost twice as much as in, in the NFL. 
And he'd always, you know, guys want to play Tampa two in college and let that linebacker run down the middle. What they don't understand is the middle of the field in the National Football League is only five yards wide. So now you can take a guy and basically play the safeties off the hash. <laughs> and you can play Tampa two in the NFL because you got better players. Yeah. But Jesse Minner is exactly right. Um, tempo in college. Hey, Bill, how about this one? I just heard it last night. With the running clock this year, there was the study was done and completed. You know how many – there were four less plays per game this year than there was a year ago with a running clock. That's not many. That's all? Four. 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 And how, but how about this one? Scoring in college football was down this year for the third consecutive year. First time it's happened since 1932. Now, I know you and I weren't around in 32, but three years in a row, the scoring in college football has gone down. More Coach Pete after the break here on this Friday edition. Omni. Nashville Hotel. morning it already looks like a crash on 24 eastbound just before you get to White's Creek Pike before you get to that Jolton exit again there's a lot of traffic trying to get through there right now in that area coming in from Clarksville uh, coming in from parts of Robertson County as well again that's 24 eastbound before that Jolton exit on a crash traffic's picking up now here we go 24 westbound uh, through the Hickory Hollow area leaving Rutherford County Murfreesboro towards Nashville Prince's Hot Chicken has you covered for all the playoff games with catering you can order on that mobile app check them out online at Prince's hotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. The package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. Bob Steak and Chop House, located in the Omni Nashville Hotel, is a nationally renowned steakhouse specializing in the finest corn-fed Midwestern prime beef. The menu formula is simple. Incredible meat, gigantic shrimp, fabulous salads, and decadent desserts. Start your experience at Bob's with the fried calamari or fresh scallops seared in Texas burnt honey. All the beef at Bob Steak and Chop House are USDA prime cuts from the traditional fillet 
filet of tenderloin and ribeye to the adventurous Kansas City bone-in strip. They even have two different surf and turf options. And if you're looking for the other white meat, Bob Steak and Chop House serves a dry-aged pork tomahawk with homemade applesauce. Fresh seafood is on the menu from salmon to scampi and even fresh lobster tail. For reservations, give them a call or log on to the Omni Nashville Hotel website. Bob Steak and Chop House at the Omni Nashville Hotel. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. The TSU men's basketball squad came through a challenging non-conference schedule with a winning record and now turned their attention to Ohio Valley Conference play. The Tigers kicked off a run of 18 league games over a nine-week period through February, leading the OVC Championship part 6 to the ninth at the Ford Center in Evansville. And part of that, nine league home games at the Gentry Center. Hello, this is Greg Polk inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson and me on all the games this season right here on National Sports Radio. you like tackle football? Bill King does, and you can connect with at Bill is King on Twitter or 615-844-5600. Hi, Pete. Got a bunch of questions from the audience we need to get to here. Brent down in Macon, Georgia. Coach Pete, what assistant coach did you coach with that never got a chance to be a head coach, but you think would have been fantastic as a head guy? Wow. Uh, That's a good one. That is a great one because I, I got to tell you, I, I was so fortunate in my coaching career to be surrounded by great, great assistant coaches. I mean, that's, that's what makes the staff. And you weren't with uh, Urban Meyer at Notre Dame. He came after you, right? Yeah, Urban came after I did. Uh, Urban was out of Colorado State with Skip Holtz, and um, Urban came to Notre Dame after I did. Uh, let's see. In '77, the best and Bill, this guy, probably the smartest offensive coach I was ever around. His name was Don. His name is Don Bro. Don Bro was the first assistant coach hired by Joe Gibbs when he went to the Washington Redskins. Don went to McNeese State, played quarterback, played in the NFL. Don Bro was brilliant. Uh, if you remember, if you can remember watching the Redskins sidelines, he was the guy on the sideline with the bifocal with the, with the game plan in his hand. Uh, I got the opportunity to go up to the Redskins camp a couple years in a row. And coach Gibbs always said there was no way I was taking a job without Don Bro. Uh, Don was he just Bro, a lifer? Was he just an assistant lifer and didn't want it or what? Oh, no, no, no. He just never had the opportunity. Okay. He, he he never had the opportunity. Um, the other guy that I, I think would would have been great, uh, John Mitchell, who played at Alabama for right. Coach Bryant. Right. In fact, 
41 years ago today, Coach Bryant passed away. You and I talked about that earlier in the week. But um, John Mitchell, uh, I think, would have been a, a heck of a head coach. He ended up being uh, coaching the D-line for the Steelers for, mm, golly, 20-plus years uh, at Arkansas. Uh, at Minnesota, we had a guy who did become a head coach. His name was Dick Biddle. Went to Colgate, had a great run. Uh, he was super. Um, at Notre Dame, I, I think a guy that uh, would have been a great, great head coach uh, was Chuck Heater, coached our secondary, who played at Michigan for both. Uh, Chuck Heater was, was, was excellent. I, I thought he did a great job with his guys, improved them. Um, right. Yeah, it was uh, – but, I mean, there are so many guys. Oh, I'm I sure. Mean, we had a guy by the name of Ken Turner at Arkansas who might have been the best special teams coach, O-line coach I was ever around. Um, he would have had a great opportunity. A guy who did become a head coach who was with us, Harold Horton. His son Tim Horton's now yep. at, at Air Force. But Harold ended up going to uh, UCA at Conway and having a great run uh, there. But, yeah, Don Bro, John Mitchell, Ken Turner at Arkansas, uh, Dick. Well, like I said, Dick Biddle. Yeah. And uh, and at Notre Dame, I, I really thought Chuck Heater was the guy that was, was outstanding. Was All right, coach. Great. Got a bunch to get to here, coach. Shannon and South Bend wants to know. This is good. Eighty-eight Notre Dame Miami game. Which missed call was more mind-blowing, the Miami fumble at the goal line in the fourth quarter or Miami's touchdown in the corner on their final drive? The touchdown in the corner on the final drive. I mean, that, that was crazy. Um, but, yeah, what a game. <laughs> what a game, man. That, the fight in the tunnel before that, uh, before the game. Uh... <laughs> I can't. Wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, you are looking live at Notre Dame Stadium, and we have had a little kerfuffle before the game. <laughs> that was sure. the opening to the CBS broadcast. Kerfuffle, my foot. It was a full-out throwdown, man. <laughs> hey, Jill, can I tell you this? We're warming up, and Miami comes, and Jimmy Johnson, those guys run through our guys, and but we had had a fight earlier in the year that wasn't – Michigan did the same thing, and our guys just pummeled the Michigan players, okay? Well, this is the second one. So, I'm on the we're, – we're running offense versus defense going in. I look up, and I'm trying to find Tony Rice. He's our quarterback, right? Obviously, I want to find a quarterback. I look up. Tony has sprinted to the sideline, and he's standing between two of the cheerleaders. <laughs> and I'm going, good job. Next guy I want to find is Rocket. Right. Well, the tunnel at Notre Dame Stadium, you know, you have a concrete wall that kind of goes up at a 45-degree, uh, excuse me, 90-degree angle. Rocket is climbing up the wall, and I'm yelling. Well, nobody can hear me or anybody else. No, no. He jumps off the wall and lands on the shoulders of Bernard Clark, the middle linebacker for oh, Miami. Who yeah. was a beast. He starts pummeling Bernard Clark's helmet. Oh, no. I'm going, oh, my God. 
He's going to break his hand. Somebody, please. I'm tr- nobody can get to anybody, okay? Right. The Indiana State Police have to bring dogs in and separate both teams. So Lou says to our guys, get over here, let Miami go in. We go in, and Rocket goes, Coach, Coach, did you see me? I'm going, Rock. He goes, I got him, Coach, I got him. I said, what did you get? He said, I beat the hell out of Bernard Clark. I said, Rock. He had his helmet on. Let me see your hand. I'll be darned. His hands are bleeding because his knuckles are all cut. I had to take him to the team doctor. The doctor looked at me. I said, Doc, don't give me that look. He's got to play. I can only imagine. Bunch of questions when we come back for Coach Pete. Omni National Hotel. Good morning. It's really starting to load up now as we check it out live on 24 westbound. As you come in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, towards Nashville, up through the Antioch area. Also, it's picked up quite a bit, 65 north there through Spring Hill with all that traffic coming in from Murray County, up into South Williamson County. 65 is already slow up there in Robertson County, north and southbound on 65 around that Portland exit. Princess Hot Chicken has you covered all playoff season uh, for catering. Uh, order on that uh, mobile app. Check them out online for that menu at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. At Edwin Watts Golf Shops by Worldwide Golf, there's something that binds us all. The collective goal to transcend the ordinary. Introducing the new Callaway AI Smoke Driver. The new AI design club has multiple sweet spots across the face, making it an average of seven yards longer than the prior model. Visit us in-store for a free custom fitting at your local Edwin Watts Golf Shops or shop us online at WorldwideGolf.com. Get there! We all make resolutions this time of year, and let's face it, most of them won't stick. But here's one that's not only easy to keep, but will help you feel healthier all year long. Navage. Navage provides quick, drug-free nasal relief by washing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. This time of year, when everyone is sick, Navage helps by sucking out germs, bacteria, and viruses trapped in our noses that cause us to feel miserable. And come allergy season, it does the same with dust, pollen, and other allergens. And unlike medications that can take time to help, if they're effective at all, Navage helps treat congestion symptoms in seconds flat, without drugs. This New Year's resolve to use drug-free Navage to help you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier all year long. Ask for Navage at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, or find us online at Navage.com. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose. Healthy life. 
Are you ready for a touchdown of flavor and excitement? Look no further than Sam's Place and Sam's Sports Grill. The ultimate destination for great food, fantastic drinks, and game time atmosphere that will have you cheering for more. Sam's is the place for every sports fan and food lover with over 40 TVs at every location. Sam's has a family-friendly atmosphere where everyone can have a blast. From their friendly staff to awesome kids' menu, they've got something for everyone. Online at samsplace.net or samsportsgrill.com. Or call and find the nearest location to you. At Sam's, the game is always on and the fun never stops. Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5 and the Greg Bogan John Burton Show. And I'm former All-Pro linebacker for the Tennessee Titans, also known as Mr. Monday Night, Keith Bullock. And I'm Patton Cook. We're inviting you to join us every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 for What's Good with KB and JB, the podcast show. All live on Nashville Sports Radio and all streaming platforms. We talk Titans, we talk SEC football, we talk NBA, we talk everything, and we also get a little petty from time to time. Make sure you join us. all there is to know about Johnny Five Star, and now you can too. It's Bill King. We'll see how many questions we can get to here. Jonathan in Ocean Springs, Mississippi wants to know, do you expect Bama to have top five classes annually under DeBoer or slide more into the six to ten range? Bama's going to be in the top five. Kellen DeBoer knows how to recruit. Um... Alabama's going to be just fine once – look, you got to give the guy one year to get in and, and figure out the landscape of everything. But after this first year, Alabama is going to be just fine. And uh, Kalen DeBoer – look, when you replace a guy who's the GOAT after 17 years, you got to give him a little leeway. And uh, there's one sports personality that has told people in the state of Alabama – yeah, they think he's a, a cross between Francione and Shula, and I'm like, this is a guy that doesn't have a clue at saying these things. Give Kalen DeBoer a chance. So Irish, I think Alabama's going to be fine. Irish Bill on the Emerald Coast. Ask Coach Pete, would he stay with Justin Fields or would he draft Caleb Williams? Chicago. I would stay with Justin Fields. Uh, the guy's been in the league three years now. I think he just needs to be given a plan, coach better, and Shane Waldron will do a great job with him. But now you bring Caleb Williams in, you're going to have the rookie mistakes. And uh, certain things are going to go on. I mean, for as good as C.J. Stroud played this year in Houston, there's no guarantees Caleb Williams is going to come in and do the things behind that offensive line in Chicago. That offensive line in Chicago is not as good as the one in Houston. And there aren't as many playmakers on the outside in Chicago right now as there are in Houston. So that's an unfair comparison. I think you add with playmakers to Justin Fields, I would stay with Justin Fields. Michael, who's a big Nebraska fan, says regarding the number of plays only dropping by four Coach Pete was just talking about it. He said, take the Big Ten West out of that, and the scoring average probably doesn't go down. <laughs> probably right. Well, take well, Iowa. It'll be, 
It'll be interesting to see who Iowa hires as uh, the offensive coordinator. Uh, Paul Chris, the former offense, uh, former head coach at Wisconsin, turned the job down earlier in the week. So uh, I, I don't know where they're going. I don't know who's going to come in and work work with Kirk Ferentz or be the offensive coordinator for Ferentz. But, yeah, Paul Chris turned the job down as offensive coordinator at Iowa earlier in the week. Clay, right here in the 615, wants to know, Coach Pete, your thoughts about Vanderbilt pretty much becoming New Mexico State. I guess he's talking about Jerry Kill, et cetera. Yeah, and they brought the quarterback, uh, Pava, right. who, who's a good player. But to me, again, the uh, offensive line. The offensive line has been the problem at Vanderbilt since uh, how, how far do we need to go back? Right. And, uh, I mean, look, I was a scout with the Cowboys in 1982 when Watson Brown and George McIntyre were there. That might have been the best offensive line they've had. I don't think anybody can compare to them since 82. So, you know, until they get the offensive line straight, you can run all the gimmicks and schemes that you want. But in the SEC, I mean, this is the the, the AAA league before the NFL, if you want to compare, make a baseball comparison. We're talking AAA football right now. Uh, Vanderbilt just doesn't have the bodies in the offensive line to do. They didn't have them to do what Joey Lynch wanted to do. They didn't have whoever the coordinator was. And I don't know how you get them because there aren't many guys coming out of the portal going to Vanderbilt. Coach Pete Cordelli is with us. Coach Pete, oh, and – that, that Vanderbilt O-line, they had Daryl Jensen, who's a good pasture kid. He was the tackle on that team. They had a kid, guy named Rob Monaco. They also had Pat Sandin. Coach, the other thing they had going is what was going to turn into a huge nationwide, at least reported on, steroid st- uh, scandal. That was the other yep. thing they had going. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, you know, anytime Vanderbilt had some success, there's always <laughs> been a little controversy around the program, isn't there? Uh, I got to say this, though. I, I, Monica was one heck of a football player. He was mean. He was yeah, just a I, mean I, dude. He, oh, let me tell you, man. I love the guy. I mean, I wrote it. I had him rated pretty highly in my report. Uh, like I said, when I was a scout Whit, for the Cowboys, I Whit, loved Monaco. Whit Taylor was about a 5'10 quarterback out of Shelbyville who was good. He was a very good passing uh, I'm quarterback. I'm going to tell you what. You, you talk about just the grit and determination and toughness. Right. play the position and he was coached he was coached by one of the best you know um coach brown did a nice job with him so did, i think watson got the rice job right after that right was it wasn't it right he was it cincinnati. cincinnati and then rice is that what it was for okay yeah, but i got a i got a story for you about how he got the job and it involves gil brent and the cowboys but that's for another time uh, also, yeah. hey, we're, we're out of time, too, but I want the audience to hear your Bear Bryant story about um, Gene Stallings and Ray Perkins. And I'm conf- I know I'm confusing the audience right now, but it's a really good story about right before Bear died, what the plans were, then he died, and what happened. And it's, it's a very good story, Coach Pete tells. 41 years ago today, when I was scouting for the Cow, I was in Starkville, Mississippi. It was, yeah. it was a Wednesday. I'll never forget it. And I was getting ready to work out some guys. I mean, they had uh, Kent Hull and <laughs> Haddock and a bunch of NFL players. Tyrone so, Keys. Yeah. So 
I had done my film work in the morning and I was getting ready to do some stuff in their indoor facility. And Kat, uh, Stratton Karastatis comes out and goes, Coach Bear Bryant died. And I went, oh my God. I called back to the office. Coach Bryant had offered the job to Gene Stallings twice during the fall. And Coach couldn't take it. They turned to Perkins. Perkins was supposed to keep the staff. But when they were in Memphis for the Liberty Bowl, Perkins let half the staff go and Coach Bryant didn't know about it. Stallings comes running down the office going, I'm going to kill him. He wasn't supposed to let anybody go. That was Coach Bryant's wish. And Coach Stallings. Pete, they're, they're kicking us off, man. We'll finish it, though. We'll finish that story. All right, brother. There is. 560 AM, 95.9 FM, Brentwood, Nashville.